Welcome to the Nativa podcast series, where we provide a weekly data-driven analysis of the most trending topic among minority groups in the U.S., particularly among Hispanics and Black Americans. I'm Natasha, co-founder and co-owner of Nativa Inc. and OY Business Intelligence, and joining me today, and it's a welcome back, Eric. He's been off in paternity leave for the past two weeks. It's Eric Diaz, co-founder and CEO as well at OY and OY Intelligence, and today I'm very happy to welcome one of our newest interns, Claire Sheriff, joining today. And uh, she actually did a really good, interesting analysis and report that we're going to be sharing today with everyone. Um, just to pick up, the topic is uh, some of the most popular um, applications when it comes to get some ride. Uh, so the most popular like um, Uber or, or Lyft, um, but you know, with the pandemic, I think many people are starting to use more or less some of these applications. So Claire wanted to take a little bit of a deeper look and see what was trending. So if you wanna just kick off and let us know what was the date that you have gathered all this volume from and what are some of the keywords that you used? Yeah, so I actually collected data over a one month time frame. So from December 13th, 2020 to January 14th, 2021. Um, and it collected about 63,465 conversations. And then taking a little bit more of a detailed look, we had 3,393 conversations from US Hispanics and then 6,042 from uh, Black Americans. And to get the search, I used keywords such as like Uber and Lyft, and then I paired those with driver, car, um, app, and then their Spanish equivalents. And then just to make sure we didn't get any data about um, Uber's sister company, Uber Eats, I negated that. Um, and yeah, so did you want me to go into the volume? Yeah, I think, you know, let's just talk a little bit of the volume that you were able to gather and some of the inside. I think just starting off, the difference between on volume from left and over, maybe you can just tell a little bit more about that. Yeah, of course. So um, something that we noticed was um, that white Americans were the largest ethnic group talking about both apps. Um, they both made up about 80% of the conversation or sorry, 87% of the conversation for Lyft and then 84% for Uber. Um, but Uber dominated the conversation in diverse audiences for both um, Black and Hispanic Americans. Um, and I think that something to note is that they probably had such a large um, conversational volume just because Uber is such a household name. Regardless of what app you're using, you're probably going to say like, oh, I'm just going to grab an Uber real quick, um, even if you're grabbing a Lyft. So I think that that's probably why Uber was such a predominant um, player in this little study. I think you're right, Claire. And when you said that, it, it made me think of my own habits. I think I, I'm, I'm similar to you. I, I think I tend to, to use Lyft. I don't even think I have Uber on my phone, but I use it. Uh, and I always say Uber anyway. And then I, I also think that maybe when um, people are talking about that industry, I think they may tend to just say, oh, the, the Uber uh, industry, yeah, instead definitely. of like maybe ride share or something or, yeah. or, or saying Lyft. So that's probably why. I'm the and same way. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Claire. Um, I'm the same way, though. I only have Lyft on my phone, and I always say I'm going to grab an Uber, even <laughs> though I totally mean Lyft. 
Yeah, and I think it's similar to, so last week we did another podcast uh, just analyzing the food delivery apps. And of course, like you mentioned, Claire, there is a Uber Eats. And we did see something very similar. Uber Eats had by large um, the largest volume of conversation. And I think it's just because people recognize the brand the most and they're very familiar with it. So most likely they tend to use it more or mention more about it. So I think it's very interesting just to see the correlation between the Uber food delivery to actually the, ride, the car uh, share ride application. It's, they're very similar to both. Um, I think something that's going to be interesting is when we start looking deeper on the sentiment analysis, you know, volume is just one of the many factors. It doesn't mean that sentiment is positive. It just means there is a lot of people talking about it, but it's also very important to understand the context of some of those conversations. So I'm really excited as we look through the different analysis when we get to the sentiment and start seeing, you know, what that means. You know, another thing that kind of stood out to me, Claire, when you uh, shared with me the, uh, the the volume is that so Hispanic was down. It was low compared to what, you know, I guess I, I would anticipate for this. It was around 5% for both brands. Black American, however, outpaced uh, Hispanic, which does happen in some of our reports, but it isn't, uh, isn't the most typical scenario. But Black American for Uber, for example, was double that of Hispanic. So it was like 10.1% versus 56 so I thought that really stood out to me. And then also with Lyft, it was it was higher, not as not as high, but it was seven and a half percent compared to five. So um, so it is always, uh, I guess, of interest to me when when I do see the black American audience outpaces Hispanic. Um, I, I think there's definitely opportunities there for, uh, you know, the brands or the advertisers that are looking to, to reach certain audiences. So, yeah, definitely. I think I'm very curious. Both of you just mentioned it. You have more affinity, you tend to use more Lyft than Uber. Uh, in my case, it's the other way around. I tend to use more Uber than, uh, than Lyft. And it could be also from the geographic location where we are and what are you know more available services. I know for me here in Columbus, Ohio, if I open both apps, I tend to see more drivers on Uber than Lyft. So from a convenience standpoint, I tend to use that application more than others. Do you feel because you are in Phoenix, Arizona, you have more right there are actually riders they are using left what do you think Claire? um for me i would say it's easier for me to get a lift and what i found too is just as a from a college student perspective sometimes lift is cheaper than uber hmm. so i think that maybe that's why um a lot of people maybe tend to use it um, another cool thing about Lyft that I've just picked up from my Lyft drivers is Lyft actually pays their drivers more and runs more um, background tests on them. Mm. So I guess also from a female college student perspective, um, it just feels a little safer to go with them knowing that they do multiple background checks. Um, so yeah, that's something interesting, I would say. That's probably my factor. I think the, the reason I've <laughs> chosen them um, I, I think this in general, like I felt like Lyft has had a better reputation overall, less uh, issues with the CEO and, and all of that. And I guess, you know, as far as like believing in a brand, I, I guess I believe more in Lyft than I believe in Uber. I get, and all, obviously I know lots of management changes. I know that the previous CEO is no longer involved or at least not at the same capacity, but um, I don't know, you know, and, and here, I will say this as well. I rarely take them, take them anymore. I went to, from using them like twice a week to, I don't even remember the last time I used them. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it, obviously it's a pandemic and, but uh, 
you know, and I think we'll talk more about that. I'm sure you saw some of that and which along with other issues, but yeah. I just don't, I just don't personally use it anymore. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. I think definitely they have been, they have suffered a big impact during the pandemic, especially people, you know, not trying to be in a tight space with other individuals. Um, they are not part of the same family member of the household. So I'm sure that they had a, a significant impact on how many people are taking Lyft and Uber. But Claire, you bring a really interesting point. I think, you know, again, bringing back our, the mind of being a marketer and being in the communication aspect, right? There are already a sense in the community with Lyft, how they do like a very throughout background check on some of the um, drivers. But at the same time, when we look at the data and we look in the volume, right? It seems that more people tend to talk more or even perhaps use more Uber than Lyft. So it makes you wonder that Lyft, do they actually do have perhaps any strategy or they're actually using what is already embedded on the mind of the consumer to the full potential to be able to scale and grow the brand and get more loyalty. So I think that's definitely something interesting. And, you know, I, I, I wonder what is the strategy behind and why they haven't really taken more advantage of that because I agree with Eric. I think it's been so much in the media about Uber, not perhaps in the positive sense, in the negative sense, and they have done a lot trying to rebuild the credibility and the brand, bringing more females on the boardroom and, and the executive team, but still they have a long way to go. You know, not, not to talk too much about the that, but one last thing that I just remembered is that in Phoenix too, Lyft has like a local initiative where like they actually have like a, um, a Phoenix Lyft managing director and and uh, and they this is a lot of this is pre-pandemic of course too but they were doing a lot like to get involved with the community like basically a lot more um, I would I wouldn't say that Uber was not doing it at all I just never heard about it whereas I Lyft was always kind of like right there in my face when there was like uh, a tech event or whatnot there was always Lyft was the one that was organizing you know like promos that people could share and things like that. Yeah, and just kind of getting, I guess, more of a community presence, whereas Uber is, kind of feels like, hey, we're Uber, you're going to you're gonna call us anyway, we don't really need to do anything, you know, like, whereas Lyft is like, yeah, we're going to get involved because, uh, you know, we're the, we're the second tier and we want, we want you to call us, you know, so, and I always root for the underdogs, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely really interesting points for sure. Um, so let me let me share the uh, for those of you who can see. Let me share a little bit about language. Uh, so Claire did a really good job of uh, segmenting what we're using the software to segment what the uh, different language uh, combos were spoken by Hispanics. And for those that you can't see, it was ninety five percent for both brands virtually ninety five for Lyft, ninety seven percent for Uber, pure English. So we're really talking about. Um, we'll see this in the Latino index, but we're talking about it very much. English focused or uh, uh, English dominant uh, Hispanic consumer, not really speaking Spanish and not really even speaking bilingually about their, their usage of Uber and Lyft. So that also was very interesting to me because that differs from a lot of our uh, reports as well that tend to be a little bit more balanced or you know, maybe a little bit closer to like 60 or 70% English and then the other 30 to 40% a mix of bilingual and, and Spanish. But doesn't seem to be the case. So again, this tells me if I'm Uber, if I'm Lyft, you know, I'm reaching Hispanics and I'm, I'm almost exclusively doing it in uh, English. So, you know, one thing on one side of the, the end would be like, well, people are only speaking in English about us anyway, we can just market in, those lang in that language. Or you could say, well, maybe we need to start the conversation in Spanish, or, you know, so 
you know, we, we, that could be looked at a little bit further, but um, that, that real definitely stands out to me for the language. Yeah. And then carrying that in into uh, Latino index, as I said, typically when uh, the Spanish tends to be 90% and higher, then we're going to see a very dominant L1 or acculturated uh, or English only Hispanic. So for those of you uh, unfamiliar with the Latino index from OYE, basically we rank uh, Hispanics on an L1 to L5 scale as far as uh, what's, their, what's their language choice. So L1 is gonna be your English only, whereas your L5 is gonna be your Spanish only, and L3 is gonna be completely bilingual, the mix of two languages interchangeably. So uh, in, in this conversation, we're talking about rideshare apps, people talking about Uber, talk, people talking about Lyft online, it's almost primarily, almost exclusively L1s with a, uh, with, a, with a small grouping of some of the other ones, especially for Lyft, had a few other groups as well. But uh, we're definitely talking about like your, your younger audience, the ones that are engaging with, you know, pop culture, uh, sports like the NFL. And those are the ones that are, are tending to, to be talking about Uber and Lyft online. Something I did notice, just to note on the language, is that a lot of the tweets were super bilingual. Um, for example, one of them was talking about like my bank account, and then it was like the inner thoughts um, of the girl that was tweeting about it, and she tweeted her inner thoughts in Spanish, but the prompt for it was English, um, which I thought was fairly interesting. Yeah, I did see that tweet. That was a that was a nice one. Um, I'm trying to find it here for those that can see. Should be, um, yeah, no. which one? The one that says Kara talks in both Spanish and English about ride share apps. Kara talks about. Oh, Kara. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there's another tweet I didn't click on it here, but also the the prevalence of those um, those apps in other countries. So, like Natasha in Argentina, I assume you guys have Uber. Is that right? Or um, you know, I haven't been back in Argentina for like three years. I think they were starting to have that, but it was very controversial still. Taxis was more predominant than Uber and Lyft. And I think, you know, it's just talking about different cultures in other countries, right? In America, I think we were very used to just pick up your phone using the app and, and doing that share ride in other countries, perhaps not so much. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's interesting. Uh, I um, last year I spent <laughs> right before the pandemic started. I spent a month in Peru, and Uber. They, Uber is very prevalent there, but there also is a couple other brands. Uh, and I do think it's interesting. Um, I used to do a lot more world traveling, and in some a lot of other countries, Uber is almost always there. But then there's also like three or four other competitors. So, yeah, so I, I find that kind of different than what we have here. It's really just two, and that's it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> There's such a predominance of just those two. And the tweet that you're talking about uh, was a man from the Dominican Republic who lives in New York. Uh -huh. um, and he was telling them, I think someone had initially tweeted and then he quote tweeted it. Um, it was just saying that the he, he was pretty angry about it, meaning that he really thinks that it would help so much in the Dominican Republic to have an Uber or a Lyft type of mm. app. Um, but the government was suppressing it. And I'm not really sure where he was going with that but it's kind of interesting to think that maybe it's just like kind of a market control thing and going off of the argentina situation like maybe it is just to protect the taxi driver market right. where they don't want these apps to yeah, i think it's also a lot of the law 
and, and different regulations, right? When it comes about compensation and minimum wage and, and all the different uh, healthcare services that need to be provided each country is a little bit is different than the United States. So being able to comply with all those different regulations in other country is, is definitely no easy. Um, so I do think there was like something related to that, you know, what there was the expectation of the hourly rate or the wages to pay to those drivers versus, you know, taxis, I guess. Yeah, moving on into generation analysis. <laughs> so Claire, I, I kind of chuckled when I when I saw this and I was like, the 55 year olds are really blowing up Lyft. Like, yeah. like my mom, you know, you know, calling at night. And then, you know, it's funny what you said, we started to talk about it and you said that it, it, it was like complaints or like, can you tell, can you expand more about that? Yeah, so um, it was a lot of people um, in that generation specifically reaching out to the Lyft support accounts because um, they have a specific Twitter account where you can tweet at them. And I, I can't tell if it's a bot or if it is a genuine person running the account. Um, but you can tweet like a support issue rather than emailing or calling and they'll contact you through that way. Mm. Um, and it was a lot of older people doing it, which I thought was fairly surprising because um, I don't know, I, I would just expect them probably to call rather than go on Twitter. Um, just speaking from like thinking about my grandparents using Twitter to get support. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was uh, this one woman, she left her purse and I think her purse had her medication in it and she oh. was trying really hard to get her purse back. Um, and all of her tweets were actually only in Spanish. So that's something to note as well. Got it. And yeah, I mean, I think big discrepancy, I mean, big difference between the Lyft and the Uber and Uber, the age over index is the 35 to 44, yeah. um, which is still pretty prominent on the left, but, really significant on on the Hispanic, but I think if we move to the next group, which is the, the black, um, you know, it's very interesting to see in particular on Lyft. I think that was for me interesting that going from the 56 on 50% on Hispanics, when we go to blacks, it's only 2% mm. in that age group, the 55 to 54, 64. So is that because we don't see many of the older generations black American using Lyft or it was just like you just mentioned, Claire, there was that particular incident um, and complaints among Spanish speaking with left. But going from 50% to 2% is a significant decrease in volume with that age group. And, and you know, one of the things that uh, you picked up on too, Claire, was uh, the younger audience here. So uh, the under 12 seemed to be a, have, a, have a big part of that. Yeah, I was really surprised by that just because thinking about even just regardless of the brand, just Twitter user base. Is it normally people that are 11 years old to however young? Um, so that was a really interesting thing. And their tweets were kind of just pretty similar to other tweets. It wasn't super, um, it wasn't standing out very much, but I'm, I'm really curious as to why, for some reason, the under 12 year old community had such a jump um, in this category. Yeah, let's uh, let's look good about gender and see. Natasha, I know I had a chance to to take a look at some of that. Yeah, I mean, I think what we have seen consistently throughout the pandemic and different topics that we have analyzed is a large volume of male um, talking more so than female. And I think uh, before the pandemic, we have we had tendency to see more females engaging on on Twitter. So 
uh, that's something that for me has been a little bit interesting just to track across different analysis. The males are very active on Twitter, sharing an opinion, a voice, or, or a review. Um, you know, and when we look at, at the Latino male, um, very similar volume-wise for over 57% and for less, 52%, but a slightly increase or more than, than the females do. So that, that was very interesting for me. Um, and then when we look uh, at the Black uh, percent, even higher. So 73% of males conversations for Lyft and 74 for Uber. Um, I don't know, were you both surprised by seeing this? Or you thought it's pretty standard, you see more males taking this type of chair ride than, than females? Yeah, Claire, I don't know if you noticed anything with uh, the, the Africa or the Black American community was 75% almost. So, yeah. yeah, so it was a lot of um, Uber drivers actually, more so in the Black community that were tweeting. Um, and I wonder if that's just because, like, occupation wise, it's for me, anyways, I feel like I normally do get a male driver. So I wonder if just because maybe more males are Uber drivers and then they're tweeting more that maybe that's why it's such a big difference. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then some people were just having like um, activists or politicians were tweeting about it. Um, so I noticed that as well. So it could also have to do with um, just certain communities tweeting about it and communities just meaning like occupation wise, like politicians mm -hmm. tweeting about um, Prop 22, which we'll cover soon. Um, and then the one tweet, the, the person Joe was tweeting about how Uber and Lyft can maybe assist like black and brown communities um, as community outreach. Um, and they were talking about getting free rides to receive vaccines. So it, I think it has to do with that. Really good points, really good points. Let's, uh, so yeah, you mentioned Prop 22. So moving into that, let's talk about sentiment analysis. Yeah. So um, something that I did notice is for both Hispanic and Black, the sentiment is fairly negative. Um, and the reason for that um, is mainly because of Prop 22, which was a law that was being passed in California that um, was going to consider, or I guess is going to consider um, app drivers, which lumps in um, like rideshare services as well as food delivery apps as independent contractors rather than employees under the company. Um, and this can take away employee benefits, um, workers' compensation, unemployment insurance, um, and other things such as healthcare and just basic worker rights. Um, and a lot of people are really, really upset about this, especially drivers, of course, because they're being directly impacted. So it brought up a huge negative sentiment because people really didn't want this to pass. Um, and a lot of people were talking about how this is only going to benefit the corporation and how they're going to have to spend less. Um, so yeah, it was it was a really big topic. And then there's a few other things that um, we'll see in the word cloud as well that kind of brought sentiment down. Well, I think uh, what uh, what caught my eye too was that even though it, this is like the whole industry, rideshare industry, Prop 22, and, and kind of that negative sentiment, it's still significantly higher for uh, Uber, mm -hmm. 20, 20 points higher. So Uber still carries a, a significant advantage in just you know negative sentiment. So, yeah. Uh, well, let's see, and then let's compare that to the Black American audience. Yeah, it's also it's not quite as high. It's only. Actually, it's almost uh, 
10, 10 points or 10%, whereas Hispanic was about 20% higher um, negative sentiment for Uber. So, so yeah, good. Yeah. And I think the positive got brought up here just because um, I noticed that a lot people were talking about like good rides that they had, how they really enjoyed the music that their drivers yeah. were playing, um, like good conversations that they had with their drivers. So I think that that kind of boosted it, um, which is kind of good to see a little bit of light in all of the Prop 22 hate. <laughs> yeah, there's still there's still good experiences people have. And that's, uh, it, it's good to, you know, not only focus on the bad stuff, right? <laughs> All right, and then let's uh, let's wrap it up with uh, just looking at uh, what we saw in some of the word clouds. What are some of the things that stood out to you? Cool. So in the Hispanic word cloud, um, we didn't look at hashtag Uber and hashtag Lyft because obviously those are just going to be like kind of default hashtags that are going to be up there. Um, so the number one one for the Hispanic community was Prop 22, um, which is pretty understandable. Just talking about um, what we just discussed. And then Uber Eats was there as well. Um, this I think does have to do with Prop 22 and it just being kind of lumped in with that because it does affect all app drivers um, or people that are working for those types of things. Um, and then right below it, there's hashtag delete Lyft and hashtag delete Uber, which was um, directly re related to Prop 22. And that was kind of a movement to get people to stop supporting these apps. So it kind of was a stick it to the man thing where it's mm. like, okay, if you do this to your employees, then we're just not gonna use your services and we'll mm. find it elsewhere. Um, so that was pretty interesting that people were trying to stick up for these people. Um, and it's also interesting too, because the proposition actually passed and is going into effect, but it seems like from a Twitter standpoint anyways, that it, majority of people are against it. So I'm curious how so many people are against it, but it actually got passed. And I wonder how that relates. Yeah. Um, yeah. Point. And then not in the top, but there were a few tweet or sorry, a few hashtags about um, Trump and the Capitol and all of that and how people were really upset that these people had access to Uber and Lyft to just casually go home afterwards. And they just didn't want them to be able to have access to those services and then uh, among black american audience any uh differences similarities that you notice um so they actually didn't talk as much about the trump tweet which i noticed was a difference between uh, the two communities but um, they were talking about gig workers and how it's clear that they also support them um the tweet that i used as an example was they were tweeting about how independent contractors um, deserve rights and that the lawmakers are really going to have an effect on their gig work. Um, so pretty similar conversations. Um, they did talk about COVID-19, which I thought was interesting because um, that was kind of something that I was intrigued about when I did this short study was that um, are people still taking ride shares? Are drivers still driving for rideshare apps during a pandemic? What kind of risk was that? Um, and I've noticed that a lot of people just like completely do little construction zone on their car and they have the plastic sheet to separate the back and the front. Um, they have a bunch of hand sanitizer. They require masks in their car, stuff like that. So I thought that was interesting that it was trending as well. Yeah. I'm curious, so did you have a hashtag right there? Is MV uh, sell? Yeah, so um, when I looked into that, it was, it was actually a giveaway, I think, from a company mm. or, um, something like that it was, it was either a giveaway or kind of a promotion thing where they were offering discounted lifts for um just whatever their service was 
um, and then possible um, like prizes coming out of it if you use a certain code. Mm. Yeah, I think that was interesting because they, we only had the hashtags uh, among Black Americans, but it was interesting among Hispanics. And I think throughout the presentation today or throughout the conversation, we did see some difference between the Hispanic community and the Black community, what they talk, what they focus on, even though it's the same topic. So um, definitely, I think there is a lot of opportunities for both companies to expand their services with those two communities, especially with Hispanics, who's maximizing the Spanish speaking um, demographic and create some, some of the strategies for that. So great analysis, really insightful, Claire. Thank you for, for sharing and putting all the time and creating this report, which is gonna be free to download in our website. And also feel free to join us next week and send us any questions to info intelligence.com. Thank you for joining us today and please um, log in again next week for another topic analyzing what is trending among Blacks and Hispanics in the U.S. Thank you for watching and listening. <laughs>